I've had a couple of conversations with podcasters where the first couple of episodes, they literally had to take a few shots to like, you know, get their ire up <laughs> enough to do the interview. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. Picture yourself spending four weeks with other high level entrepreneurs in the northern mountains of Thailand this coming October and November 2017. It will be full of masterminds, workshops, advisors, like-minded entrepreneurs, and of course, some fun adventure. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to apply at theentrepreneurhouse.com. On today's show, we are joined by the voice of Cashflow Podcasting, Ben Kruger. Ben joins us today to talk, you guessed it, podcasting. Cashflow Podcasting is not only a podcast, but it's a productized service that helps podcasters grow their audience, authority, and everything involved with the podcasting world. Today, Ben and I get into the nitty-gritty of podcasting. We chat, interview psychology, the future of podcasting, how often businesses with podcasts should be publishing, and interviewing famous people. Ben shares his thoughts on what types of businesses should have podcasts and which ones probably should not. Towards the end of the show, Ben will share some of his favorite podcasts and some recommendations if you have or are starting a podcast. Without further ado, let's welcome Ben Kruger to the show. Welcome, Ben, to the podcast. How are you today, my friend? I'm excited to be here. This is uh, an absolute honor, Chris. Excited to chat and always enjoy kind of catching up with fellow travelers and entrepreneurs. So this will be fun. I'm excited to have you on the show because you are the first podcaster that has a business around podcasting. So I had two other podcasters on the show and we didn't really talk podcasting, but I'm excited to have you on so we can pick your brain about podcasting and we can talk all about this wonderful world of our new found radio medium, aka podcasting. So welcome to the Worldwide show, buddy. Worldwide on-demand radio slash podcasting slash talk shows. I'm excited. Yeah, this will be good. I'll be. Uh, I'm excited to be an open book and hopefully uh, a big resource for your listeners out there and answer some questions and help clarify some some things. So this will be good. Isn't it great? And you're so articulate because you could tell you've podcasted many times before and you know what to say and you have very few ums in your speech. So yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's good to have. I did you all show. my uh, did all my vocal warm ups here before the call. So we're all, no, that's actually not at all true. <laughs> Do you, well, that's I a good, like to think so. That's a good start, Ben. Cause I, every once in a while, like I like to get my blood flowing before a podcast and so I'll do some, you know, some push-ups or some jumping jacks or running in space, uh, it, it, running in place in space. And, or I'll do, you know, some like, yeah, Ben's coming on the show just to pump myself up and get myself psychologically excited. So I'm curious, um, also being a podcaster, is there anything that you do pre-game, pre-show to, uh, to like a little ritual or anything before you start your shows? That's really good question. Uh, I feel like I've been doing interviews and and um, both as the interviewee and the interviewer for quite a while, uh, and it's kind of like giving a talk on stage. Whereas the very first few, you might be sweating, you might like uh, have to take a shot of whiskey in the hotel room, you know, <laughs> just to get yourself out there. I'm, I've had a couple of conversations with podcasters where the first couple of episodes, they literally had to take a few shots to like, you know, get their ire up <laughs> enough to do the interview. Um, and I've found that the more you do, the easier it gets. But uh, I've also found that 
my personality, I naturally uh, become a little bit more upbeat when I'm talking to people, uh-huh. um, which is really handy when it comes to podcasting because obviously it's a little bit more exciting and engaging when somebody's excited to be talking to you or you know the audience. Um, so I think my biggest thing has always been to just go into the interview or the conversation with a really open mind and to think about it from the perspective of the listener, whether I'm doing the interview or I'm the person being interviewed, my goal is to bring out as much helpful information for that audience member as possible and to just have some fun with it. So um, really, as instead of having a kind of a warm-up ritual or a get-into-the-mindset ritual, it's mostly a you know, I'm here to be a open resource for the listeners and, you know, what's the best way that I can do that and have a fun, you know, relaxed, engaging conversation. So I think that mindset really kind of uh, is more of my warm up than anything. I like it. Have you ever interviewed a big name or, um, you know, a pretty successful person that has made you a little bit nervous before you? Oh, started? all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it even folks that aren't quote unquote big names, yeah, uh-huh. get a little, you know, the old shake in your boots. But then, um, I, I found that once you have that first two minutes of conversation, the rest of it's easy. Yeah. That that first, you know, hey, you know, oh, where are you? Where are you? You know, just like having the conversation before you hit record. Yeah, that's oftentimes the hardest part. And then once you can, uh, once the conversation has momentum, you're good to go. Yeah. Um. So I have definitely shaken in my boots with some of the people that I've interviewed and continue to to this day. You know, if it's somebody <laughs> that <laughs> I'm like, ah, I didn't think I'd get them on the horn, but here we are. You were nervous before this show, right? Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> shaking in your boots. Well, me too. You what, me too. Man, when I when I got your in uh, your email or your message, I was like, yes, this day has finally come. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so here's another question for you, Ben. Something that comes up for me now and then. I'm probably I'm close to a hundred podcasts now. I think, and occasionally, okay. Here's a couple things. Sometimes when somebody is talking about their subject or specialty, I'll lose train of thought, right? And so I kind of have this entrepreneurial ADD and start to think about something else during this time (laughs) while I'm listening to their podcast. Not when you're on the show, obviously, but when other people are on the show. And I'll kind of miss out on some things that they say. And so when they wrap up, I'm like, ah, what did he just wrap up saying and what should be the next question? So I'm curious if you've ever had a similar experience or drawn a blank for like, oh, what am I going to ask this person next and what you do about it? All the time. All the uh, time. Good to <laughs> <So>. know. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one, my man. Yeah. Um, so number one. I've found this happens most often when the person you're interviewing is sharing information that you either already intimately know and are no longer curious about, Mm -hmm. or it's something that just does not pique your interest whatsoever, which is probably a pretty good sign that uh, it's not the most, you know, enthralling information for your audience, unless it's the topic area that you teach your audience and you just already know it through and through. So this is kind of, you know, review day one Oh one. Yeah. Um, so what, and this, this happens to be all the time because I, (laughs) I interview people a lot and talk a lot about podcasting, you know, it's podcast about podcasting. It gets pretty meta. 
Um, and I feel like I've had a lot of these conversations and asked a lot of these questions tons and tons of times in different words. Um, so sometimes with the responses, yeah, I start thinking about, you know, this thing I got to do later or, you know, something visually happens in the background that listeners can't tell, but you get distracted or whatever. Um, so my, here's my, here's my two go-tos. Uh, one, if they're talking about something educational that the listener might use, and this is in a broad stroke, uh, my recovery is often, and this is usually pretty helpful to the listener as well, is, oh, so I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, that's really insightful. Now, if I were a listener to this podcast and I just heard that, how would I go about doing something like that for myself? Or how would I implement something like that for myself? Or what mm. are the very first steps to take <laughs> to get a similar result? So it's kind of kind of BS because you're not 100% sure what the hell they just talked about. But <laughs> You get the idea, and as a listener, if they're interested in that topic, they're going to want to know how the hell to do it. So yeah, that's kind of my. It's a <laughs> great save, man. Too. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'm a big fan of um, once you get into a particular area of interest to dive deeper because um, on a lot of podcasts you find a lot of topical information, and I think one of the things that sets apart really good podcasts from shows that are very similar to many others is how deep you can go into particular topics or particular storylines um, yeah. or somebody's particular history so that as a listener, you can really get value out of it as opposed to, you know, kind of another top level conversation. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and you know, when I listen to podcasts, I love the podcasts where people, they do dive deep into things but also at the same time they do it in a way where they're still very you still as a listener feel very connected as to where you almost feel like a friend to mm -hmm. the the guest or the host of the show and somebody who's been doing this pretty well is Noah Kagan and he brings his friends on the show which they're all pretty successful dudes and gals and when they talk, they just have a friendly banter back and forth and they make jokes yeah. and they laugh, you know, and it feels like, oh, I'm just in a room sitting with Noah Kagan and whomever else is Tim Ferriss or whoever he has on the show. And I really feel connected in that way. And then they still dive deep and get some real valuable information. Exactly. And you get the sense that uh, they have, you get the sense that they're an advocate for you as the listener. Yeah. Um, and not in the way that like, oh, this has got to be super serious, but in the way that, hey, we're having this conversation and we're doing it in a way so that it's super valuable for you, the listener. Uh, and at the same time, we're having a good time recording it and not being a bunch of stiffs. Yeah, exactly. Ben, I'm curious who and what are some of your favorite podcasters or podcasts these days, with the exception of Cashflow Podcasting and the Entrepreneur's yeah. Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I nominate my own podcast for the awards. Um, <laughs> the... There's a few out there that I really like, um, and I listen to only a few podcasts pretty religiously. Um, and the reason I do that is because, you know, I'm in and around podcasts and podcasting, doing interviews constantly. So uh, sometimes I just need a little break from the podcasting front. Yeah. Um, but a few shows that I really enjoy, I love the I Love Marketing podcast with uh, Dean Jackson and Joe Polish. Um, really incredible podcast for those of you out there looking to become better marketers. Um, 
So that one's really good. Uh, I really as well like Dean Jackson's More Cheese, Less Whiskers podcast, and it sounds like a ridiculous title, um, but it's really a podcast where Dean has conversations with marketing clients or potential marketing clients and walks them through how he would think about developing a marketing plan for that business or how they could go about implementing different marketing strategies for that business. So you can see a theme coming out here in that a lot of the podcasts I like are marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the other ones, and this is a kind of uh, complete out of left field, and this came from an interview that I did uh, a couple weeks back, is a show called uh, Terrifying Robot Dog. <laughs> okay. It's, it's uh, a guy and a gal that talk about um, some of the most recent technological advances and what potential implications that has for day-to-day -day living. So it could be anything from... You know, the fact that over the next uh, couple of years, almost all uh, household devices will be Internet enabled. So, you know, the whole Internet of Things. So I really enjoy kind of the future um, thinking about tech, thinking about future and scientific developments and those kind of things. Uh, so I really enjoy tuning into that podcast. So it's a pretty uh, niche podcast, but it's one of the ones that I am, you know, Whenever there's a new episode out, I'm oh, I'm all excited. You're a fanboy. <laughs> That's right. I'm a fanboy for sure. Cool. Let's jump into some of the notes that I have for you today. So, tell us a little bit. You have cash flow podcasting going on, right? Is this your only podcast? So, this is the only podcast that I run, but I do a lot, a lot, a lot of interviews. Okay. And the purpose of cash flow podcasting is basically to help people monetize their podcasts. The idea of Cashflow Podcasting is it is a productized service for folks that want to podcast for their business. So um, generally, either folks are, you know, they've got an online brand, they've got an online business, and they want to start a podcast to promote, to build an audience, to engage with the audience, to network with other people in the industry. Um, and so we have a service where we plan, build, and launch a podcast for folks. Um, and then we also have a service once a podcast gets started to where they as the host can essentially just be the host, do the interviews, uh, and we handle all of the audio editing, all of the show notes writing, and all of the publishing for them so that they can be the expert and we can be their back-end podcast department. What's some of your favorite things about the podcasting medium? I think the I'm an I'm an audio based learner myself. So you know if I want to learn something, I'm not the fastest reader. Uh, so I always listen to books on Audible. You know audio books while I'm walking to the gym or whatever. Um, and I process things as I move as well. And I've actually found a lot of men tend to process things better mentally while they're moving. So instead of sitting in one place, mm. uh, they're kind of on the move. Um, and I found that to be a somewhat more masculine trait. You know, obviously okay. this is a pretty small sample size. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, but, uh, so I ended up learning a lot, um, when I first started getting into entrepreneurship through podcasts. And, uh, so my favorite elements of podcasting and why I think it's an incredible medium is it doesn't require your undivided attention to consume a podcast. So 
if you've got a blog or if you've got a video, you have to sit down and give it 100% of your attention in order to consume that content, to read the post, to you know watch the video. Whereas with podcasting, you can be walking the dog, you can be walking to the gym, you can be washing dishes at the house, you can be driving to work. You can really uh, start to leverage time where you wouldn't be consuming anything otherwise. And so it's a, it's the medium lends itself well to people that want to improve themselves um, and to kind of learn and develop and entertain themselves. Um, so it really, I think at its very foundation, that's the major difference between podcasting and some of the other mediums. Um, and it really opens up a lot of doors as far as you know, how you can engage with the audience in a different way than audio or video. Ben, what do you think the future of podcasting looks like? It's a good question. I think um, the biggest thing, you know, right now, the main way people get podcasts is through iTunes. Um, And every day there seems to be a new podcast platform out there. Um, You know, essentially a way to engage and tap into podcasts that's not iTunes. Uh, I think the way podcasting is going is that we're really going to get into a phase where um, podcasting is much more ubiquitous and it's a lot less based on the platform. So, you know, folks that have, uh, let's say, you know, the Amazon um, dot or whatever the bigger one's called, you know, in the home, the home speaker type of thing. Um, people will be able to listen to podcasts much more like they do music um, in the sense that it will be in various platforms and much more easy to access whether you've got an iPhone, an an Android, your laptop, uh, or just like a portable Bluetooth speaker or you're driving in your car because um, you know, pretty much any model 2016 and beyond vehicle will have podcasting in the dashboard um, for almost, you know, for most major makes and models of vehicles. So I think it's mu- going to become much more ubiquitous and easier to access, which will essentially have a massive impact on the number of people that actually listen to podcasts on a regular basis, which may not be the greatest thing for, let's say, radio. Um, I think podcasting is kind of positioned to become the new on-demand radio, whereas, you know, people watch a lot less uh, regular TV shows because Netflix is there and it's on-demand and they can watch it whenever, wherever they want. Mm-hmm. So a couple questions, Ben. First, I want to ask you, you know, you see these platforms like on-demand radio and, and mediums of communication come in and out, especially with the way technology is changing today. And what's your feelings? Now I agree with your statements about podcasting. What's your feelings that something could come in and possibly overtake the podcast medium similar to web TV or something like Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, When it comes down to it, all podcasting is is recorded audio um, that you can play back whenever you want to. Um, so from a kind of a base technological standpoint, audio is not going anywhere. 
um, people may change their ideas on how they want to consume it. So, you know, maybe people start to want more live audio versus, you know, pre-recorded. Um, or maybe people want it in longer format or shorter format or, you know, they develop a preference. Um, but I don't necessarily think that the base uh, platform of audio is going anywhere. The other thing that's interesting about this is podcasts right now are distributed via RSS feed, which is, you know, this is a little bit on the tech, more technical side. Um, but I definitely think that over time podcasts or at least the audio medium, whether it's still called podcasting or not, you know, audio shows, will be able to separate themselves from their complete and utter reliance right now on RSS feeds uh, and be a little bit more accessible, um, kind of like, you know, if you pull up an, uh, any kind of a music app on your phone, you can listen to just about any song, whether you have to buy it or you have to buy a subscription. Uh, I think as we move forward, audio is moving in the same way, you know, audio as a talk show or radio show, mm -hmm. uh, like podcasting. So whether the name changes, whether, you know, it becomes more of a live thing versus a pre-recorded thing, I don't think that at its core level, it's going anywhere, but it will definitely see shifts and changes as, you know, people's preferences shift and change. Ben, I'm curious, do you know the number of, people that are listening to podcasts these days? I don't. Um, in 2013, iTunes had their billionth download. Um, and there's a report that comes out every year um, that shares the numbers on, you know, uh, how many people are familiar with podcasting, how many people listen to podcasts, you know, how often do they listen to podcasts. Um, so that comes out every year, but I don't know the stats off the top of my head. I probably should. Now, I think that's increased significantly since 2013 because I believe the Joe Rogan Experience podcast mm -hmm. had just hit. I think I heard that he just hit a billion downloads. That wouldn't be surprising. I think he's he's one of the bigger, sh you know, shows. Yeah. Um, and podcasting in general has been growing from uh, the the listener base. The number of people who regularly listen to podcasts has been just, you know, consistently growing every year uh, in these reports. And I got to I gotta look up those reports and get you some numbers. <laughs> <laughs> For the entrepreneurs out there, Ben, how do they know if it's a good idea to start a podcast for their business? That is a brilliant question. So um, I always view podcasting as an incredible tool in two scenarios. One, you have a specific audience that you know you want to serve, but you're not 100% sure as to what you're going to offer or how you're going to work with those folks yet. Uh, and your first goal is to gather a group of those folks as an audience. Uh, and you use the podcast as your way to put some really good free content out there to engage and network in that industry and to start building that audience so that then once you have somewhat of an audience, you can work with the audience to build an offering for them based on their actual wants, needs, and desires, not based on, oh, I, you know, my assumption or my guess or my hope is that they'll want this. Um, so that's one scenario. The other scenario, which quite honestly is, is generally much more profitable, 
is for established businesses that already know exactly who their target audience is. They already have established products that already sell and are already profitable. And they want to use podcasting as a way to consistently generate really high quality content to build a better, stronger relationship with their audience um, and to essentially turn more of their existing audience into paying customers and clients. And this works especially well for uh, premiumly priced products and services that require a lot of trust before someone's interested in working with you or you know, ready to sign on the dotted line as it were. Um, as well as anything that is membership based, because with podcasting, it's very easy to build a community and make it feel like, um, a really engaged community. And there's kind of a membership behind it that, you know, if you really enjoy the podcast, then you're really going to enjoy the membership, whether that's a forum, whether that's a, you know, a business mastermind, whether that's, you know, a, a, place that you can go um, and work with other entrepreneurs in, you know, developing countries and be a digital nomad. So there's there's a lot of ways you can go with that. Um, but those are kind of the two major verticals that I have found um, that work best with podcasting. Do you think there's any types of businesses or business models that absolutely should not have podcasting as a medium for their business? There's um, there's a few that I would have a hard time bridging the gap, um, and it really comes down to what's the motivation? Why do they want to do the podcast? Um, from a pure business standpoint, someone that is location dependent and they need to have local clients, podcasting can work, but it's not going to be the best at, you know, generating clients in Columbus, Ohio only because it's an international medium. So you're going to get, you know, audience members from all over the world. And if you can only work with people that are within your zip code, that's going to be a tough one. Mm -hmm. uh, there's probably going to be some better marketing approaches out there for you. And really that's what it comes down to. It's not necessarily is podcasting a bad idea. It's what's the best use of your time, money, and effort um, because, you know, podcasting might work, but there also might be three or four other strategies that may make a lot more sense for that business type. So one that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for is very specific location dependent type businesses. Um, another that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for is if you are selling really low dollar products or services like you know you got a seven dollar ebook and that's your monetization strategy it's going to take a lot of work to make any money uh with a podcast if your average client value is seven bucks uh mm -hmm. I, I find <laughs> podcasting works really well for uh people in the financial industry the financial advice industry because it requires a lot of trust for somebody to work with somebody mm -hmm. but then once they land a client, that client could be worth, you know, 10, 20, 30, 100 grand. Um, and if a client, if a podcast is the tool that helps them build that trust and initiate that conversation, beautiful. Um, so I generally find that the really low lifetime value uh, type of businesses are pretty tough um, unless you're going for the mass audience appeal approach. 
Okay, let's Ben. Let's get into some of the technical parts of, of having a podcast. So here's a great question: Say an entrepreneur out there decides to start a podcast to promote their community or their business, and one of the first questions that I get a lot that I find interesting that different businesses use, depending on whatever business they have, is how often they should publish. And what's your thoughts on this? It depends on what your format is. So um, I've found that there's kind of two or three formats that are working really effectively right now. One, and this is <clears throat> super common, is you know the weekly podcast that's 30 to 45 minutes long. Um, it can be either an interview like what we're doing here, or it can be um, something that's co-hosted, usually something that's an entire 45 minutes. That's pretty tough to pull off as a one man show. Um, yeah. And to keep, you know, keep people's attention that entire time and for it to be valuable. Um, so the longer form shows tend to be multiple people um, and about once to three times a week max. Um, and the reason I say that is because if you're starting a business podcast, then the purpose of it is usually to build an audience, to network, and to generate leads for your products and services, but the main business isn't typically the podcast. Um, I find that shows that go as often as daily or five days a week, they're really good for being a podcast, uh, and they're really good for selling sponsorship spots because you can get a lot more downloads, but they don't necessarily increase the number of people that um, you know opt in for your email list or that end up reaching out to you to do uh, potential business with you. Um, I did a you know I had a conversation with Tim Page who runs the Lead Pages mm -hmm. podcast, the Conversion Cast, uh, and they started out as a daily show and specifically to grow the audience and to get opt ins and you know leads for their products and services. Uh, and they found that when they went to a daily or when they went to a weekly podcast, as opposed to daily episodes, it actually increased both the number of opt-ins they were getting and the number of, you know, actual customers they were getting out the end, um, from the podcast. So wow. that's my general suggestion. You know, if you're using the podcast for a business tool, weekly seems to be the, you know, golden ticket as far as that format goes. Um, the other format, if you don't mind me sharing, yeah, um, that I've seen work really well is the short form, little kind of a thought of the day type episodes. Um, these are often, you know, seven to ten minutes long tops, and they're you know, anywhere from three to five days a week. Um, the idea there being, you know, come on this journey with me, and every day or every couple of days, I'm going to share a thought, an idea, um, a tidbit, a, you know, a bit of advice that you can use, but it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point, And usually it's one person solo. Mm -hmm. Um, so no guests or, you know, anything like that. Um, so it's a little easier to record and you can usually batch record them or, you know, make it a consistent part of your schedule, you know, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8am, I record these things. And then um, pop them out there for the audience. Um, so that's a format that I see working really well as well, particularly in the author space. If they're looking to build a strong audience and build a strong narrative arc with their audience. I can see why, because when it comes to attention span, 
I really love those short 7, 10, maybe 15-minute podcasts because you can listen to those while you're fixing your lunch, and while you're waiting for a taxi, while you're doing this miscellaneous stuff that takes a short amount of time and not feel like you are missing out because you still have another 45 minutes on the podcast to listen to, if that makes sense. You know, there's some really good podcasts and podcasters that do these three-hour episodes but man, that's just, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yep. I, I cannot pay attention to these podcasts that long, not, not to an audio medium for a show that long, unless it's really good storytelling. And, and I mean, great storytelling. And there's a few of them that do it out there, but for business wise, I don't think it's a good idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think those are great shows for entertainment. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, they're definitely not the most effective use of your time if you're looking to use the podcast as a tool for building an audience and, you know, business, more businessy things. Yeah. And the other thing is to those long ones, I mean, they, unless you sit down and listen to those, the whole entire thing, they'll, me anyway, they leave me with a, a sense of feeling of dissatisfaction because I didn't get to finish the thing and I have to come back to it. But then if I want to listen to another podcast, then I'll forget about the other, this podcast that I started and in <laughs> the middle of the story and I'll forget parts of it. And that's why I actually thought about doing the short podcast of seven, 10, 15 minutes, because I think there's a real need for them in a podcasting arena that hasn't been filled yet. Would you agree? Yeah, they're definitely less common. I will absolutely agree with that. And one of the things, you know, for the folks out there that are asking themselves, you know, what format should I pick? The best way to answer this question for yourself, one is to think of your audience and to think, you know, if they're the super crazy busy types, you know, maybe they're, uh, maybe your audience for whatever reason is lawyers, they're not going to have enough time to sit around for an hour long episode. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, even if they do have a, a commute, they're going to have to be making phone calls and that kind of stuff. So definitely think of your audience and what's going to kind of fit for them best. Um, but the other way to kind of think about this is, don't feel married like you have to be married to a particular format. Right. If you pick a format to get started with and just say, cool, I'm going to try this out. We're going to see how it goes for the first couple of episodes. And I'm going to ask the listeners, what do they think? Do they want longer episodes or shorter episodes or, you know, get some feedback from your listenership? Because um, I've changed the format of my podcast many times <laughs> by now. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, a lot of podcasts that have been around for a while have and will. So don't feel like just because I got started with an interview based podcast that's 40 minutes long, that means that all episodes for the remainder of this podcast need to be that. Yeah. Um, and you can even change it from episode to episode as long as the audience uh, expects what you're doing. So as long as you're not pulling curveballs on them and they're wondering what the hell's this 45 minute long episode when all the other episodes are seven minutes long, you know, just don't confuse them. Um, and as long as you do it with their best interest in mind, you're good to go. I think so too. Ben, another thing I want to ask you is, is an area of podcasting that I feel is insufficient is the platforms that we have for podcasting these days. Yes. And the, the main ones, Lipson, SoundCloud, and what's the third? Oh, Blueberry, probably. Blueberry, yeah. And there's a few others out there. So 
I'm curious kind of what's your opinion on it and which ones do you recommend? Um, so we have gone through just about every new platform that has come out because we're always kind of testing and tweaking and figuring out what's working best. Um, and I have found Libsyn to be the best, uh, for the clients that we work with. So pretty much everybody that we work with, we transition them over to Libsyn, um, simply from a reliability standpoint, um, and from a cost effectiveness standpoint, uh, one of the things that really frustrates me with things like Blueberry is a lot of the RSS feed stuff goes through the client's website or through the podcast website. So if you end up changing anything on the website, it screws up your RSS feed and then mm. iTunes doesn't have your show. Like it just creates all these issues. Whereas having a third party podcast hosting service, um, so that's really what these are is podcast hosting and RSS feed services um, makes a big difference. So uh, personally, I'm a big fan of Libsyn and there's a few reasons for that. But quite honestly, um, I think this is one of the areas to where they will be um, some massive strides here in the next five years or so. Um, and my real ultimate hope is that we can move off of this RSS feed distribution system yeah because uh, that's the weak backbone that everything is built around uh, unfortunately <laughs> why do you think ben that nobody has filled this gap yet well i think the to to make a transition out of this whole rss feed thing it's really to change over to an entire different way of distributing audio so um it's definitely going to be a big shift when it happens um, and whoever pulls it off is going to have to take on iTunes and Stitcher and Google play and, you know, some of these other massive distribution platforms. Um, so it's no small undertaking, uh, especially since the, at least right now, podcasts, most of them are free. So, uh, the, the financial incentive to create a free marketplace, um, is a little bit tough when <laughs> there's already some pretty big entrenched players um, that that uh, yeah kind of have all of the market share. So I, th I think we'll see it. Um, I think it will kind of depend on how things evolve. So that's kind of my two cents. A couple other quick things, Ben, that I wanted to touch on. What are some of the podcasting software? and even hardware that you might recommend? Yeah, so um, from a software standpoint, there's really kind of two main scenarios. One is if you're just doing a recording by yourself uh, and there's no hosts or there's no guests, um, I'm a big fan of keeping it simple and using whatever audio recording software is already on your laptop. Um, if you don't have one, I'm a big fan of using audible audacity I, there's so many au words <laughs> audacity audacity that's what audacity I use. Yeah. yeah i i get them confused there's like five or six of them mm -hmm. so i always get so confused audible is um, again the kindle service now i think right yeah, yeah and there's Auphonic, and there's you know uh, <laughs> like all these other things so um i'm a big fan of audacity for a simplicity standpoint uh because you can use it on both mac and windows um, and once it's installed, you know, you got the big red record button and you can click stop when you're done and that's all there is to it. Um, 
when you're doing an interview, the for for interviews, um, I find it's best to use a either you know you can do the calls over Skype and you use Skype call recorder, or um, there's a new software that's out to where you can make calls over browser and it auto records them. Uh, and off the top of my head, I can't remember what it's called, but I I. Uh, <laughs> started using it a little bit just to test it out. So it's still an early day. So I'm not, you know, hands down advising that. Um, but I can send you a link to it here after our chat so you can have it in the show notes. Okay. Okay. And, and we won't, we won't blame you because you're bad with names today, Ben. It's okay. Oh man. Yeah. Apparently <laughs> one of those days it's towards the end of the day. So I'm going to give myself a, uh, um, some slack on that, I guess it's evening time in Portugal, you know, it's relaxing. Exactly. <laughs> I want to wrap up, Ben, but is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners about podcasting before we close? Yeah, so I have had lots of conversations with people interested in podcasting, uh, and I think the one thing that holds most people up from actually trying it is um, – essentially the fear of getting their voice out there and the concern that nobody will listen to it or be excited about the podcast that they share with the audience. And, you know, there's obviously then the concern of, well, how will that reflect on me if I, you know, release something that nobody's into. And what I have found as the best way to approach this, if you are considering starting a podcast, but you're not really sure if your audience is going to be into it, Reach out to a few podcasts that do interviews, maybe Chris himself if you know, you're know you a traveling entrepreneur, and uh, offer yourself as an interview guest. And during the interview, talk about your particular area of expertise, the particular uh, type of things that you might have in your own podcast. And once that's published, send a link to that episode to your audience and say, you know, in the email, Hey, I've been thinking about starting my own podcast. I did this interview over at such and such podcast would love for you to listen to it and send me a reply to this email. If you would love to hear a podcast for this brand for me, um, and send me your feedback because as I develop it, I'll be open to hearing, you know, exactly what you guys would like to see in a podcast. So I found that helps people get some real kind of on the ground feedback from their audience and to really get a sense before putting in any work whatsoever, if their audience is going to be really receptive to a show from them. So that's kind of my, my parting piece there. That's a great tip, Ben. Thanks. If the listeners want to reach out to you and learn more about you, Ben, or listen to your podcast, where could they find you at? They can find me over at cashflowpodcasting.com. Uh, and if it's okay with you, Chris, one of the things that, um, you know, I get a lot of questions around podcasting. So I put together a little checklist um, that I'd be happy to share with folks uh, if they were interested in starting a podcast. It's at thepodcastchecklist.com. And it just lays out, here's the exact steps to start a podcast. Um, and the first few steps walk people through deciding whether or not podcasting is right for them. And if so, you know, what are the exact steps thereafter? I'm going to check out that checklist to make sure that I have everything checked off. <laughs> ah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> ben, That's I, good. That's 
Ben, I want to give you a huge thank you for coming on the show, man. Thanks for sharing all your tips and tricks and, and your wisdom with us. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Chris. This was an absolute opportunity. I really appreciate it and happy to share and connect here. So this is fun. Thank you. And listeners, we're going to wrap up there and we will see you on the next episode. As always, thanks for tuning in and goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day to day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for attendees, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, our main event will be held in Chiang Mai, Thailand. It is four weeks from October 26th to November 24th and held for six and seven figure entrepreneurs only. It will be full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, co-working, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. This event will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.